This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This is one of our preview episodes. This is our opposition view of Arsenal versus Fulham. And joining me right now is a special guest. His name's Aaron Lerner. He is the editor for the Short Fuse. He's on to give us the Arsenal perspective on Fulham's match at the Emirates against Arsenal. As always, please do subscribe on YouTube and Apple Podcasts. It does help other Fulham supporters find us. As always, I want to mention Cottage Talk is part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Okay, without further ado, let me welcome my special guest to the show. Aaron, thank you for joining me today to talk about this upcoming match. Ah, thanks so much for having me. It's uh, Anytime I get a chance to talk about Arsenal, I'll jump at it. So, you know, you really had to twist my arm to get me on here. <laughs> okay, well, I answered some of your questions that are actually on the short fuse, so please check out. The Short Fuse, it's, it's the shortfuse.sbnation.com, and you'll see the article that uh, Aaron wrote with my answer, so please check that out. All right, Aaron, let's get to it. Let's start by really honing in on Arsenal's season so far. It just began. But before we do that, I, I want to get your thoughts on the summer transfer window for Arsenal. Obviously, the big talking point was the players that you brought in and the everything that went along with it. So let's talk about the ins for Arsenal and they're pretty significant. Yeah. I think that Arsenal had an excellent window, uh, sort of the capstone marquee purchase was Declan Rice, obviously yes. for a then record transfer that, you know, Chelsea went and blew out of the water a few weeks later with Moises Caicedo, <laughs> but you know, Arsenal and Declan Rice had that record for a little bit. So we'll count it. Uh, that was a really key addition for the Gunners. Uh, Thomas Partey at the base of the midfield is getting a little bit older. He's had some durability issues. Declan Rice really sort of shores that up for the future, but also is obviously a star already in his own right and has you know slid right into the lineup. Uh, the one that I'm, most interested by, I think I'm most, most excited about 
Declan Rice, but I'm most interested by the acquisition of Kai Havertz. Yes. Because I think that he's a great player who just wasn't used right, didn't have the right pieces around him. It didn't really work at Chelsea, but there's a really good player there ready to be unlocked. And I think that Mikel Arteta and the talent around him at Arsenal might be able to unlock it. Um, and also he's the like for like replacement for the uh, now departed Granite Xhaka, now departed like he's dead. Now off to the Bundesliga, Granite Xhaka. Uh, you know, Havertz offers so much more in possession going forward, attacking creativity than Jaka did. So he should add to, you know, what was a pretty scary Arsenal attack last season. Uh, unfortunately, the sort of dark horse piece was Urian Timber and he right. tore his ACL 50 minutes into the season, which is a real bummer, you know, especially because he's a young, he's 22, young kid, and it was a really big blow. He was looking to be a great sort of 1B option as a fullback who can invert into midfield 1B to uh, Alexander Zinchenko's 1A. Uh, so unfortunately, Arsenal are not going to have that piece this season. Uh, they also brought in David Raya on loan with an option to buy, which most people think is probably going to be exercised at the end of the season. It gives Arsenal two excellent keepers. Um, I actually think that even though Raya is not playing right now, and I don't think we'll see him until the Champions League, that right now, if you look at last season's numbers, he's a little bit better than Aaron Ramsdale. He's certainly better on the ball. But I think that Aaron Ramsdale actually has a higher ceiling than Raya does. He's three years younger. right? And so, uh, you know, might might be better when he gets to Raya's age now, 27, uh, when, when three years from now when Aaron Ramsdale is 27. But it's a great problem to have. You know, you have two class goalkeepers. The one thing that Arsenal still need to do and, you know, the window's ticking down is they got a lot of guys that they got to move out. The roster is bloated. Um, I'm sure we'll mention this guy a few more times, but Fuller and Balogun, who yes. you know, <laughs> has been linked to Fulham. So, you know, yes. Uh, he he will be the big ticket sale. Uh, they need to do something about Nicola Pepe and his sort of bloated contract, his big wages. Uh, Kieran Tierney, uh, Sambi Laconga, Cedric Suarez, who you know was on loan at Fulham last yep. season, Nuno Tavares, and Rob Holding are all guys that are either training away from the team, the main group of the team right now, or uh, in the case of some of them, actually are not training at all. So you know it's a pretty clear indicator that they're going to be moved out. They just have to sort those moves out. Okay, very good. Couple things on Falaren Belligan. I actually had a source message me late last week that Fulham would be in talks with Falaren Belligan this week. So again, Fulham are talking to so many different strikers. I would like to see this happen. I think it would be a good move for him instead of going to Chelsea. I think it's a good fit for both the player and the club, my club, Fulham, but we'll see what happens on that. The player I want to ask you about, one of your outs is actually someone that I've seen play a great deal here in New England. It's Matt Turner. Now, I understand going for David Rea. Why do you think Matt Turner did not work out at Arsenal? I think because he just really wasn't good enough with the ball at his feet for the way that Mikel Arteta wanted his team to play. Uh, when he came to Arsenal, that was sort of the thing that everybody was saying, they were sort of scratching their head at the move because they weren't sure that he would be able to distribute the ball as needed. And to Turner's credit, his distribution improved dramatically. He played uh, in the preseason for Arsenal last year, and it was sort of a wince moment because he wasn't able to do the things that even Ramsdale was able to do. 
And then as the season progressed in his limited appearances, you could see that his distribution was really improving dramatically. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think that it still wasn't where it needed to be. And also, it he was moved on from Arsenal because it was the right move for him in his career. Yeah, you know, he wasn't going to start at Arsenal. He, he remains to be seen whether Nottingham Forest will bring in somebody else to compete with him. But you know, he's going to someplace where he is going to be fighting for the number one shirt as opposed to being a strict backup who hardly plays. Sure. And I get that. Listen, Fulham are very happy that we now have Baron Leno, who I think is a, another goalkeeper that probably didn't fit how Arteta wanted to play. He's a complete shot stopper, but the way that he wanted to play, it kind of makes sense. So I understand the situation now that you've explained it with Matt Turner. I thought it was a mistake to go to Arsenal. I didn't think it was a good fit. I think he's probably where he needs to be right now, Aaron, as you said. Yeah, I I, I think so as well. And, uh, you know, with, with Bernd Leno, you're exactly correct as well. He was a great shot stopper. He, I have nothing but praise for the guy. He, uh, when Arsenal were in their sort of lean years uh, with Unai Emery in charge, and then at the beginning of Mikel Arteta's tenure, he was one of Arsenal's, if not Arsenal's most important player, Bern Leno was. You know, he stood on his head, kept them in games, and earned them more points maybe than they deserved to earn. So, yeah, I'm really glad that he is uh, succeeding and excelling at Fulham. He has, my friend. And I'll just tell you that besides Jao Polina, Alexander Mitrovic, who's now gone, I would put Baron Leno right up there for player of the season. He would be an honorable mention. He was that good last season, and, and I truly believe he is going to keep Fulham where they want to be, hopefully, as we talk about this. I've predicted seventh. I know it doesn't look like that right now, but the transfer window still has time. But he'll be a Huge component of why I feel Fulham will not be in a relegation battle because he's that good. He has really just elevated Fulham's play because they know they can count him at the back. So I'm glad we talked a little bit about Leno. But let's now move on. Let's talk a little bit about Arsenal's season so far. Two victories to start the season. Your thoughts? Hey, you can't complain too much about, you know, points in the bank. Um Arsenal are not quite at the level they were last season yet, but I think that there's a pretty easy explanation for that. And it actually sort of ties into some of the stuff you wanted to talk about a little bit later. So I might get ahead of myself a little bit here, but Mikel Arteta has made it clear that he wants Arsenal to be more versatile, uh, to be able to give teams different looks, to be able to be more flexible, in their own right so that they can defend teams differently. And so I think that Arsenal maybe not looking like they're firing all cylinders on all cylinders to start the season is the byproduct of that. You know, Kai Havertz and Declan Rice are integrating into the team. Uh, The first two matches of the season, Thomas Partey was playing right back to invert into midfield. Uh, Gabriel Magalhaes, who uh, previously started 73 consecutive Premier League games at center back from Arsenal was dropped to the bench. Mikel Arteta explained that that was because he wanted more ball players, more people who can pick a pass uh, on the field, and that he was just a casualty of that uh, because while he is a perfectly fine passer, he's not, you know, 
he doesn't have a midfielder's level of passing, which some of those other guys do. And so Arsenal haven't looked as good, but I think that it's a growing pain that's going to make Arsenal better as the season goes on and more of a threat uh, for the title. Well, that's going to lead me to ask you this. I'm glad that you actually took us right there because I was going to ask you the question. Do you think Arsenal are in a better place now to win the league than last season? I think you are because I think you've addressed some areas of need. And I think that you have put yourself in a better position right now than you were a season ago. And I thought you had a fantastic season. I wanted Arsenal to win the title. They didn't. I think you got a better shot this season than last season. Your thoughts. I agree. Uh, I agree a hundred percent. I think that Arsenal's ability to, to play in different ways uh, will help them. I think that last year down the stretch, they may have been solved a little bit that, you know, they had the same attacking patterns, the same players. uh, And also the other way people kind of knew how you can beat them. And so changing things up and having all of those different looks they can give teams will make them more unpredictable and a tougher opponent in you know the the reverse fixtures this year. I also think that the additions uh, that they made over the summer, as well as uh, Emil Smith for coming back from injury and also Mikel Arteta, I think probably trusting some of his bench players a little bit more will hopefully help avoid some of the wear and tear fatigue and injuries that sort of undid them down the stretch last year and actually undid them down the stretch two years ago as well. Uh, They're better prepared to weather, uh, you know, a potential key injury. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. That's going to lead us to talk about Mikel Arteta. Maybe this goes back to talking about Kai Havertz and bringing in Declan Rice. But I think what's great about him is I've seen his growth As a manager, I remember all the talk about maybe Arsenal should replace him very early on. And I'm like, no, you have to stick with him. And I think he's grown as a manager. And for me, a good judge of a manager is do the players that he put out there get better with his coaching? I think they have with Arsenal, and I think they will continue to. Your thoughts on the growth of Mikel Arteta? I agree. I think that his growth has been impressive and it has been clear. Uh, He took over a roster that was really sort of all over the place. It had young talent in Bakayo Saka and Gabriel Martinelli and Emil Smith-Rowe, but it also had guys like Alexander Lacazette, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, uh, guys who, um, gosh, I guess Mesut Ozil was still on the roster then too. Yeah, they had a mishmash of old and young players, uh, big contracts that were underperforming and his growth has been in part with the team. You know, he and Edu remade the roster. They made it younger and the guys uh, that they brought in have been able to grow together as Mikel Arteta has grown. Um, I think that one thing to look for, for him is uh, his substitution patterns. I think that maybe those could use a little bit of work. And that gets back to him maybe trusting his bench a little bit more. I don't think that he really trusted his bench last season. And I think with more quality depth this year, he might trust the guys he's bringing in and therefore be able to give guys like Bakayo Saka a little bit of a rest down the stretch or not down the stretch, but at the end of matches so that, you know, they stay fresher and also so that Arsenal can sort of change up the way they attack, uh, 
to potentially exploit some tired defenders legs. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Mikel Arteta's growth has been fantastic. And I completely agree with you that it would have been crazy to get rid of him. And I don't actually think that there was any issue uh, with, I don't think there was any issue on Arsenal side with potentially getting rid of Mikel Arteta. I think that when they brought Mikel Arteta in, there was an understanding sort of in the back room that it was going to be a rebuilding process that it was, you know, they might, the team might not be as good as sort of the external expectations were for a little while and that that was fine and that they were going to stick with it. So there might've been a lot of external noise about, Oh, is Mikel Arteta going to lose his job? But I don't think there was really that much internal pressure on him at any point. Now, now there is because the internal pressure is okay. We've spent and spent and spent. You have a team that, you know, stumbled down the stretch, but could have won the Premier League last season. Now you're back in the Champions League. You got to make a run there. You got to challenge for the title again. Now the expectations are on, on on him. And if they fall short, then the pressure might start to build. Okay. Very good there, my friend. All right. Before we really break down this match, I want to get your thoughts on Fulham heading into this match. Now, what's interesting about this, and I'm sure there'll be people that uh, follow your club and also follow mine that are just going to assume that this match is going to be a little bit easier because it's Fulham. I will just say that when Fulham played you last season at the Emirates, we gave you everything that you could handle. And then when it was at Craven Cottage, I will tell you a key player was out of that match and I could see how easy it was for Arsenal because Fulham have never been able to fully figure out how to replace Jao Polina. Polina was out for that match. He'll be back for this match, and that'll make a big difference. But I'm curious your thoughts on Fulham heading into this match. I think that Arsenal are catching Fulham at a pretty good time, given the probably very recent departure of Alexander Mitrovic, uh, given that you know Marco Silva has articulated that he would like the club to bring in a few more players. Uh, yeah, I looked at the Fulham roster and while the starting 11 looks solid, uh, the, the depth may or may not be there. Uh, you know, Tim Ream is suspended. suspended. And so we have a first time center back partnership. So I think Arsenal are catching Fulham at a, at a pretty good time in, in their schedule, because I think that the, the Fulham that comes to the Emirates on Saturday will probably not be as strong as the Fulham that we see, you know, say mid-September and further as we get into the thick of the season. Now, sure. your listeners are probably not going to like me because I'm going to – I was not very high – I'm not very high on Fulham coming into this season. Okay. It's um, fine. I – yeah, I, I looked at – I looked at their numbers from last year and, you know, they over – as Arsenal did, I will give you that caveat. Arsenal did yep. this as well. They overperformed their expected goals. They overperformed their expected goals against. And so that's and that's a big, big blinking light red flag for me when I look at a team, the numbers side of it. Right. Uh, because, you know, that screams that, you know, they might not be quite as good as they showed. Burn Leno was a big part of that because he was fantastic. And if he continues to be fantastic – they'll be, you know, pretty much okay. But at the same time, if he slips a little bit, if he is, instead of being great, if he's only good, 
you know, that could spell trouble. That could be, you know, slipping from 10th, maybe down to 14th. And then when you're, we saw last season, how close the relegation battle was, how many teams were in it. You start to flirt with that zone. I think that Fulham will are, are at least a class ahead of the team that should be battling relegation this year. But, uh, my expectation for them this year was that that they were they were pretty much at their ceiling at tenth, and that they should finish somewhere in that nine to twelve range this year. Okay, that's fair enough, there, Aaron. And uh, I have no issue with uh, saying what you have to say. I appreciate <laughs> all opinions. No, I, I'm not expecting you to sugarcoat it. I want you to say it like it is, as my father would say. Don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what you truly believe. So I appreciate that. I really do, my friend. All right. Coming up next, Aaron and I are going to preview this match between Fulham and Arsenal. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Okay, Aaron, let's get to it. I'm going to go to you first. I'll share my key players for the match. Give me your key players for this match for Arsenal against Fulham. So Mikel Arteta might make me look like a complete idiot uh, and knock this out of the window just to start, but... I think Eddie and Ketty is going to start up top for Arsenal. And I think that he is my key player. He uh, missed a couple big chances against Crystal Palace. Uh, he's gotten off to sort of a slow start from, although I guess he did score against Nottingham Forest. Uh, but I think he's he's gotten off to a little bit of a slow start and Arsenal need to put the ball in the net. Uh, yeah, they Last year, they had a little bit of an issue with converting chances. That seems to be the case to start this year. And when, when you're not scoring as many goals as you think you should be, your eyes go to the striker first. So Eddie and Kedia is, is my key player for Arsenal uh, against Fulham. Now, while I said Mikel Arteta might embarrass me, Gabriel Jesus returned to full training. Uh, so there's an outside shot that he might start. And also, Mikel Arteta might come completely out of left field and stick perhaps Leandro Trossard up there. Or, you know, he played Kai Havertz leading the line against Manchester City. He's changing up the lineup, giving teams different looks. So while I'm pretty confident it will be Eddie and Kedia, it might not be. Okay, excellent stuff. All right. For me, I'm actually going to go with Jao Polina, because like I mentioned before, Jao Polina is so key to everything that Fulham do. And when he did not play against Arsenal at Craven Cottage, it was a gaping hole. It has been a gaping hole in the first two matches of the season. They're just not the same team. 
they figured out a way to get by against Everton, but they were not obviously against Brentford. He makes them tick. He's a tackling machine. He is, to me, the number one key player for this match for Fulham and Fulmer to get anything out of this match. Okay, back over to you, Aaron. How does Arsenal win this match? I don't think that Arsenal need to do anything special. I think that they just need to play their football. I think that, you know, Fulham, as you said, I was keying in on Jao Polina as well as an important piece for this match. Fulham are going to defend resolutely. Uh, Arsenal are going to need to be patient. Uh, They're going to need to not try and, you know, not try and force passes that aren't on, not get frustrated and fire shots from distance, hold the ball, recycle the ball. And then when the chances do come, they need to be clinical. They need to put them away. Uh, it sounds kind of simple. You know, oh yeah, it's the, it's the old John Madden. You, know, you just score more points than the other guys. But uh, I think really that's what it is. If, if Arsenal play like they did last year, like they are capable of playing, I think that they should win. I totally agree. And uh, I am predicting an Arsenal victory. I just think it's going to be harder than most think. If they do what they need to do, they will break down Fulham and eventually get the goal. I think Fulham will make it more difficult on them. But I just see them just basically trying to break them down. Fulham are going to go to the Emirates to play with no fear. That's how they played under their manager, Marco Silva. Marco Silva's not going there to get a point. He's going there to win. That's just his makeup. They will play this way. They don't play any other way. They don't play defensively. They're going to try to win the ball. They're going to try to beat Arsenal on the counter. But if they can do what they need to do, they can hang in the match. But in the end, if Arsenal just buy their time, they will get the goal. So let's now go to to you, Aaron. I'm not expecting this, but how does Fulham win this match? I think uh, it's actually pretty simple. Uh, Fulham are quite good on set pieces. They were tied fifth last year in the Premier League for goals from set pieces. You're taking my reason. Oh man, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I think I think it's probably a set piece goal, and yep. then the combination of Burn Leno playing well against his old team, you know, wanting to put on a show at the yep. Emirates, and uh, you know Arsenal maybe fluffing a chance or two. You talked about Fulham trying to hit Arsenal on the counter; uh, they can be vulnerable to the counter. Uh, the way that they play, inverting fullbacks into midfield, pushing bodies forward. And they, they rely on basically possessing the ball and then when they lose it, pressing and getting a high turnover to, as their first line of defense. If you break that press, if you you know get beyond uh, Martin Odegaard or Kai Havertz who keys the press and then Declan Rice behind them, and that was another big reason why Arsenal brought in Declan Rice because he is so good at winning the ball in the attacking and middle third – that is a big part of how Arsenal want to defend. They want to defend basically by getting the ball back and not letting you get it into their half of the field. But if you get through that, you're 1v1 on a center back. And, you know, William Saliba is a very good player. I have a lot of confidence in him. Mikel Arteta has a ton of confidence in him. But, you know, uh, very few players win all of their 1v1 duels. So, you know, you be, you, you break the press, somehow you – turn William Saliba, you get in behind him, you, you know, pass around him, you got a chance, you score it. You know, that's, that's sort of another way that, that Fulham could, uh, c- could get something from the match. 
Okay, very good. And I was going to say pretty much the same thing. Score a goal on a set piece, but also on a counter. So I guess we're in lockstep there. It's going to be difficult. I have a lot of respect for Arsenal. I believe I picked them to win the league. So I just think that this is an excellent side on the rise. It's going to be difficult, but they would need a lot of luck. They would need, as we would say over here with goalies in the NHL, they need a their goalkeeper to sit on his head and basically get a goal off of a set piece or on a counter and hold on for dear life. Now it's I got likely I got, to happen. Oh, sorry. I say I got I got a question for you actually because sure. another way uh, that that Arsenal have been burned in the past is playing out of the back. You know they expect Aaron Ramsdale to make passes uh, to the defenders and sometimes yep. to bypass the defense and pick out. Thomas Partey or Declan Rice in the midfield. William Saliba is very good on the ball, but he has a mistake in him every match or two. You know, do Fulham press hard and high? Is that a something that Marco Silva wants his team to do? Yes. Because if they do, they you yes. know, that could be another route to a goal. Yes. Unfortunately, they do not have Mitro to help out with that, but a player that is excellent at it, in fact, two players that are excellent at it, are Bobby Decadover Reed, who I expect to start in this match instead of William. And then I'll throw in Andres Pereira, who I believe is truly excellent at pressing. And I think that's one of his skills that not many of us really focus on, but he is very good at pressing. So I would expect Fulham to press Arsenal to try to force a mistake. Because again, they're going to play with no fear. This is how he wants to set them up. They, they're not going to give Arsenal respect. They're going to go in there with the idea that they have to take it to Arsenal, and that's how they're going to do it. So to answer your question, they will try to do that. All right. Well, now you've got me where I know we're going to end it with a prediction. So now you've got me reevaluating how, what, what I might go with for a scoreline. Okay. But uh, I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> okay. We will get to that. But before we do, give me your starting 11, and I'll give you my starting 11 for full. So I think it'll be Ramsdale and goal. I think Zinchenko has been back in training for most of the week, so I think he'll come back in at left back. Uh, with Zinchenko in the lineup, I actually think that we'll see Gabriel Magalhaes uh, back in after not playing in the first two matches. Saliba next to him, Ben White back to right back. Then I think uh, it'll be Kai Havertz at the base of the midfield with Thomas Partey dropping to the bench. Um, yep. Did I say Kai Havertz? I meant to say Declan Rice. Declan okay. Rice at the sorry, Declan Rice at the base of the midfield. Uh, with Partey dropping to the bench. Kai Havertz in the uh, left eight, Martin Odegaard in the right eight, uh, and then the usual attacking three of Martinelli on the left and Kedia yep. through the middle, Bakaya Saka on the right. Okay. I'm a big fan of Odegaard, by the way. I just want to mention that. I think he's a fantastic player. I thought when Fulham played at the Emirates last season, he basically was the difference in the match. So I'm a huge fan of Odegaard. Okay. So I'll give you my starting 11. It'll be Leno and Nat. It will be Kenny Tete on the right, Anthony Robinson on the left. In the middle, it's going to be Diop and Bassey because Tim Ream is suspended for the match. I actually want to see this, but it's a new combo at the center back pairing. So that's something that Arsenal will definitely need to be targeting. I can't say that more. They probably will be. Yeah. On, I mean, uh, uh, sorry for, for cutting you across a bit. If there's any play, there, there may be. There might be one place in the league, and that's at the Etihad, that I would rather not have 
my new center back pairing. <laughs> uh, I think Arsenal and at the Emirates in particular is probably the second worst to uh, to break in a new center back pairing. So yeah. good luck to the young lad. Oh, he's going to be a very good player for Fulham. Let me just tell you. And uh, he plays the way that Marco Silva wants to play. He plays with no fear, but unfortunately, you're asking a lot from a young player. So we'll see how that all plays out. But in and the hey, middle, we love, we love, we love young players at Arsenal. You know, you look how they rebuilt the, you know, they rebuilt yeah. the team with youth. We love to see young guys getting their chance and, uh, you know, stepping up and showing out. Okay, well, uh, for my sake, I hope he steps up. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, so for in the middle, like I said, the key to all of this, if Fulham are to do anything, is going to be Jao Pulian. Now, Jao Pulian is coming back from an injury, so hopefully he starts. Like I said, he's trained all this week. I'm hoping he starts. And then he, I am going to predict Harrison Reed and Andres Pereira as the three. On the left, I'm going with Bobby Decadova Reed. On the right, I'm going to go with Harry Wilson. Up top, I'm going to go with Raul Jimenez. So we'll see how this all plays out, but that's my starting 11. Let's end the show, my friend. Give me your prediction. So I was going to say 3-1, and I'd actually thought about 4. I actually thought about 2-0, but given our conversation, I'm actually going to go with 4-2. I think we're going to see a lot of goals because if Marco Silva sets his team out to to go at Arsenal, I think they'll get their chances, but I think that will leave them open, and I'm going to bank on – Arsenal's quality, you know, maybe remembering a little bit better how to put the ball in the back of the net and converting a few more of those. So it should be an exciting one. Okay. So I'm going the exact opposite of that. Because <laughs> partially because I've already predicted on your website 1-0 Tarsal. So I'm going to stick with that. And I'm, but I'm going to back this up why I'm sticking with it. Fulham were embarrassed against Brentford. Local derby, not good. Fulham have a knack of bouncing back from a bad loss. They've done this time and time again last season under Silva. So Fulham will be prepared to play this match. That's why I think it's going to be a lot closer than most think it's going to be. So I am going to stick with 1-0 to Arsenal, and I think uh, Baron Leno will have one of his best matches of the season. But in the end, Arsenal will get all three points. That's my prediction. Okay. All right. Aaron, thank you so much for doing this with me. I hope you enjoyed uh, talking with me today about this upcoming match. Yeah, thanks for having me. I had uh, had a great time, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to the match on Saturday. And uh, I, I'll admit, I didn't get a chance to say it, but I, I made a note that I wanted to. I've always had a soft spot for Fulham, Full America. You know, you got Tim Ream, you got Anthony Robinson. You might end up with Full Aaron Balogun as well. You know, I, I like Fulham, so... I wish you guys all the success this season, just, you know, not on Saturday. Okay, very good. Well, (laughs) listen, before we go, I just want to mention one last time, just please check out the Short Fuse. Uh, You can go on theshortfuse.sbnation.com. Please check them out on Twitter. Aaron does an excellent job. If you want the Arsenal view of this upcoming match, definitely want to just say that. Okay, well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cottage Talk. As always, my name is Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk, part of the TalkSport Fan Network. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, 
we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.